0: We're changing things up a little bit. I hope that you can be thankful about some change because in Oklahoma, with the weather, you got to be ready to change, right? (laughs) And although sometimes it feels like Christmas and sometimes it feels like summer and every now and then it feels like spring, fall is in the air and it's more than likely just the candles that you're lighting. But, but that's okay. Fall still in the air. And I, and I love it. And, and I'm so thankful and I'm thankful for what God is doing in each one of your hearts and your lives. The truth is that we could set each one of you down and video you and find out what God is doing in your life. And you would have a reason to be thankful. Isn't that right? If somebody didn't say amen next to you, would you just nudge them and tell them to wake up just a little bit? I know we're only two songs into the service, but it's time, it's time to lean in. It's time to, to, to really get in the mood of gratitude. Get in the mood of gratitude, and and that's why we're beginning this very first part of our thankful series over the next three weeks, leading us into Thanksgiving, because this is the time of year to express our gratitude and thanks, not only to each other, but for the blessings that God has given our lives, and today, we're going to be talking about having a thankful heart, a thankful heart. Turn your neighbor and say, thankful heart. Some of you have them, some of you need them, some of you have lost them, but it's time that we have a thankful heart, and if you're just joining us today online, we want to say a big welcome to you. Thank you for joining us. Right now, we have a facilitator in the comments section. Just say hi to them. Tell us where you're worshiping from. If you want to respond uh, online, you can go to That's Me, but if you're in the house, you can go to That's Me and tell us that you're here, that you're worshiping with us today, But if you're a first-time guest or a new guest, we want to invite you to grab the connection card sitting right in the front pocket right there. Fill that out, and at the end of service, you can take it to the foyer, to our connection center, where you can turn it in for a very, uh, your own uh, gift, very free very free, okay. A gift for just for worshiping with us today. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so thankful for you, and and I gotta admit, um, in Oklahoma, I, even though I'm thankful for the weather, uh, every now and then it just kind of sh- changes. There's no gradual. There's no seasons to this. Have you recognized this before? You know, it's not that we don't know about it. It's just that it's. It's just a shock to our system all the time. Uh, the other night, uh, uh, about a week ago, uh, my wife and I were talking and it had just turned cold. And, and she said, do you think that we should go ahead and turn the heat on? Anybody turn the heat on? Yes. Anybody turn the heat off again? Yes. <laughs> we, we decided, we were sitting around talking I said, oh, I don't know if we should turn the heat on yet or not. And she said, she said, think of the children. And I thought about the children, and then I said, "No, I don't want to." Okay, but but my 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 better half got the best of me, and so I went over to the thermostat and I turned the heat on. But I I I, I got to tell you that there was there was a time, and, and she's remembering this with me. There was a time that uh, that you know, we wanted it nice and cool in the house. I mean, cold feeling so that, so that, you know, if we wanted to sleep a little bit more, if we wanted to stay warm, we just kind of be under those covers. And so we, we, uh, we turned the heat off in in winter and we, we put the window up. Anybody ever put the window up in the winter and it just feels good y'all. It just feels good. I remember it was a, almost a spiritual moment that morning I woke up and I could see my own breath in my bed. And I was like, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I was so thankful. I was so thankful. You know, the other day I was trying to get in the mood of Thanksgiving. I was trying to put my heart in a position of gratitude. And so I thought, I'm going to go and I'm going to look up all the um, uh, we, we have this tool called CCLI Song Select for churches. Almost every church has this tool and you can go in and kind of look at all the popular songs or pretty much any song that has ever been written for worship. Okay? And and you can find the chord charts. You can do all this stuff. It's a wonderful tool. And so I, I hopped on CCLI Song Select, and I began to look at the top 100 songs, and I thought, I'm going to, they've got a theme filter, so you can, you can go in, and they got a list of themes that you can select from, and I said, I'm, I'm going to select the themes with gratitude or thanksgiving in it. So I, I pull up the theme selector, and I, I, I cruise down all the theme subjects, and there was no thankful songs. I was like, how can that be? This is Thanksgiving. We're supposed to put our hearts in a position of gratitude. Pastor Henry, what kind of worship pastor? Can't find any songs with Thanksgiving. I can't look for songs of Thanksgiving without a Thanksgiving theme finder, especially since song number three is entitled gratitude. How am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to open up every song and try to find all the songs about Thanksgiving? So I I, I began to open the songs one after another and read the words. And as as I read the words, it's like my, my heart was flooded with emotion and I realized something right there and then. Why is there not a, a Thanksgiving theme finder and song select? It's because every worship song is Thanksgiving. That's right. Every time that we open our mouth and begin to sing praises to God, our spirits are filled with genuine thanks and praise for what he's done and who he is in our life. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Thanksgiving is not a time of year. It's a position of heart. You experience Thanksgiving every time you open up your mouth and begin to thank him and praise him in your life. But the truth of the matter is, is that just like there's a thermostat in your house... That kind of tells you what the temperature is. You, you and I need a, a thermostat in our lives to try to help us understand the temperature of our hearts. Whether we are filled with thankfulness and our hearts are warm with gratitude for Christ. Or perhaps you kind of forgot to turn the heat on a little bit. And over time, your heart has cooled off to the Lord into to being thankful for the blessings that he's given each and every one of us. And so I have just a little temperature check for each one of us. I've got 10 things. I'm going to read these 10 things off. I want you to score yourself. Score yourself. You, you, can, you can rate yourself and decide whether you need to turn on the heat a little bit and increase the level of gratitude in your life. First of all, we can have a daily gratitude journal. Daily gratitude journal. I'm not saying that you only have a journal with thankful thoughts in it, okay? That would be cool, okay? Maybe you have it on your phone in the notes and every now and then you just sit down and type out a note in your, in your phone saying, you know what, I should be thankful for this. You know, when you sit down and begin to write the things that you're thankful for, it, it's a little bit daunting because you kind of get stuck and you just stare at a blank screen, but, but the more you begin to write, the more you begin to realize that you have so many things in your life to be thankful for, the more it begins to take over and just flow from the inmost parts of your being. The next thing is how about an attitude of gratitude? A thankful heart is usually optimistic. optimistic. Anybody ever know or, or have uh, have been around somebody that is um, kind of a Debbie downer? If your name's Debbie, I'm sorry, it's not uh, but. But a Debbie Downer, somebody that, that that is not very optimistic in nature. It, you know, you can walk into like a Hallmark store and it kind of depresses you a little bit. You know, you walk around and, and everything you can, every little detail that is wrong with something, you can quickly spot it out. You've got a critical eye. I'm not saying that you can't recognize things, but I'm saying that you don't have an attitude of gratitude. You're not warm to everything. How about comparing... Uh, uh, Comparing and envying, okay? Do you compare and envy things? What, what, if, what if you're kind of doom scrolling on Instagram, you know, or Facebook, and you kind of go through, and every time you get past a certain friend, you're like, well, who do they think they are? Well, they're just so fancy taking another vacation, you know? Or, or, or look at him, look at that car, uh, if I had that car, then I would know how to drive it, <laughs> you know? I, I know that came out way too easy for me. I just outed myself. But maybe you have a an issue in your heart for comparing and, and, and envying other people. What about a complainer? Grateful people leave fewer complaints in the comments. Think about that. You know... There are times and moments where it's right to point out something negative and, and, and so you can get your money back, you know, or something like that. But, but if your heart is truly filled with thanksgiving, you may not just decide to veer off and leave a negative comment if there's nothing in it, okay? Or, or, or what about a joyful giver? I love joyful givers, I love joyful givers because the more I'm around you, the more it encourages me to give joyfully. Anybody ever get a gift from somebody that's not a joyful giver? It's like, take it back. Okay, goodness. All right, take it back. But then but then, uh, how about people that are com- uh, content with what they have? People that are content with what they have. Are, are, are you content with what you have, or, or, or do you currently have at least... Uh, Maybe uh, three outstanding orders from Amazon, and you're currently right now checking your phone to see if it's been delivered on your porch because you need it, okay? Or content with what you have, okay? How about you express thanks? You know that please and thank you that you were taught when you were a kid? Yeah, you actually go follow through with it. You, you thank people for for. For uh, what what has been done around you, or for their contribution, you thank people whenever uh, whenever they hold the door open for you. You're just a generally uh, expressive person and, and thanks. Or what about generous? The generosity, you know, some people are joyful givers, but they're not generous givers. It's like, you know, you can have half of this slice, like me, with my kids. Like, you can have half of this slice of pie with me, and I'll share it with my son. But whenever I cut the pie, it's not quite in half, and I hand it over to him. I'm not, I'm joyful. I want him to have some, but not all of it. Right? And being generous with your gifts. Wow. Joy, uh, uh, people with gratitude are generous with their gifts. What about acts of kindness? Have you ever been caught up on one of those acts of kindness, you know, drew, through a drive through window where somebody paid for your thing right before you, and then now you're like, oh, great. <laughs> like, and you check the rearview mirror to see how many people are riding in the back <laughs> behind you and just to make sure you can cover their towels like, okay, you know. Acts of kindness. And then what about appreciating relationships? Appreciation for relationships. When's the last time that you just told somebody, I want to thank you for 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 what you do and, and who you are in, in the context of our relationship? They might look at you and be like, What do you want? Like, well, what, what kind of angle are you playing at? But you say, no, no, really. Genuinely, I I just thank you. Thank you for being who you are. It's a powerful thing to express our gratitude. So after taking that little temperature test, I want to ask you, what did you score yourself? Where did you rank yourself? Are there perhaps even at least three things in that list that you think to yourself, you know what, I can probably do a little bit better on. Well, if that's you, I want you to lean in to this message about a heart uh, of thankfulness, a thankful heart. If you will, turn in your Bibles with me or on your Bible app to Luke chapter 17. We're going to begin reading in the 11th verse. As you turn there, you can feel free to follow along on your Bible app by simply uh, going down to the menu and clicking on um, events. And if you have your location services on, you can click on Christ's legacy. It'll pop up right there in your app and you can see the notes for today's uh, meeting along with our announcements and uh, even some discussion questions based on this message. So it's right there, right for you. If you're taking notes today, um, with a, with actual Bible with pen and paper, I want to say, awesome. We are so glad that you're doing that because I believe that note takers are history makers. Amen. I want to encourage you to, to take notes. Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11, we see, It says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves uh, to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And Jesus said to him, Said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Wow. What an, a powerful account out of the scriptures for a heart filled with thanksgiving and praise for what Jesus had done first of all you and I need to understand a little bit about what leprosy is I'm going to spare you the details because I know that you're probably wanting to go to lunch after this but nevertheless leprosy is a very contagious skin disease this is such a uh, an evil disease because it attacks your nervous system and it, it kills the nerves in your body so that when you get the slightest cut or, or problem you don't even realize it it's hard for you to feel pain you're numb to it but it it will affect your skin. And so that even a small cut can create a, uh, uh, an infection and you'll end up losing limbs or having deformed face and, and losing things, extremities like your toes. And it can be very hard to walk around and, and do things with. It's just a, a dangerous thing. It's very contagious. And in the Bible, every time that we read about leprosy, it really is a symbol of sin. It's a, it's a symbol of sin. Not that the people committed sin that had leprosy, but it's a symbolic of sin in our lives because when, when people had leprosy, they were shunned, they were excommunicated, they were pushed out of society and in the community. They were forced to, to join leper colonies because everybody had in that colony had leprosy. They were the only people that could be around each other just for a little bit of community. They couldn't speak with loved ones any longer. They couldn't live in their homes any longer. They, they couldn't work in their jobs any longer. They, they, they had to go to the state uh, right there with the priests and ask them for a, maybe a, perhaps a special cloak or a sign that would allow them to beg for handouts so that they could have something. It was just an evil, evil thing. And so these men were pushed out of society, and only found comfort in that little community. How, how painful, how painful that sin and that leprosy ostracizes all of us from having a sense of community and belonging with each other. Sin comes in between our relationship with God and us, and, and sin also ostracizes us from others. Sin is an evil thing. And we're really truly numb to the effects of sin, although that we, we can look around and we can realize that our lives are not where it's supposed to be. We don't even realize the hurt and the pain that we cause us at that moment in time. Sin is just so, so scary, so evil. So as we look at these, at these 10 men, we realize that only that nine of them never came back to Jesus and only one did. And so even though we, we can read this account in the scripture and the scripture doesn't tell us um, why the other nine men did not come back to Jesus, I, I hope that you would allow me an uh, opportunity to just use my imagination right now and, and maybe think about why, what excuses these nine men had as to why they never came back and thanked Jesus. Perhaps the first one, uh, he waited to see if the cure was actually real. Maybe he, he didn't know if it was real. He just, he, maybe he, he felt like it was make-believe. It was just too good to be true. So he just wanted to wait to make sure it was real. Uh, what about number two? He, he might have waited to see if the cure would last maybe this is just uh, just a moment in time and then it's just going to come back again. Oh no, I've had flare-ups before. It's going to flare back up again. What if, what if uh, one said that he would just see Jesus later? This guy's always traveling around. He's probably not in the same place. I'll just see him next time he passes through. What if uh, uh, number four said he would decide that he, would, uh, uh, he never really had leprosy to begin with? Never really had leprosy. It was just a figment of my imagination. It was a really, really bad uh, rash. (laughs) And uh, now it's gone. It's fine. Uh, Perhaps one said that he would have gotten uh, well anyway. It was just a coincidence that he encountered Jesus and he happened to get well along with other people. Or perhaps one gave the glory to the priest who pronounced him healed instead of giving glory to Jesus. Jesus. Or one gave, uh, or one said, oh, well, Jesus didn't really do that much anyway. He just told me to go, and I went. It wasn't like he did anything. Or one said that any rabbi could have done it. It just happened to be Jesus. This is, this is just what was obligated to me because I'm pretty, pretty much a good person. Or maybe one said, well, this just wasn't that bad of a case of leprosy it doesn't really matter. The truth is is that there could be these excuses or even many, many more as to why nine people decided that they weren't going to come back to Jesus and give him thanks and praise for what he had just done in their life. But I'm not too concerned or worried about what the nine excuses were. Today, I want to think about that one person that came back and said, thank you to Jesus for all that he had done. Thank you. And if that person was here today, that leper, I think that there would be at least three things that he would say to each one of us today. And the first thing that I I believe he would say is, he saw me when no one else did. He saw me when no one else did. See, Jesus was traveling on the road to Jerusalem for one of the celebrations, one of the feasts in Jerusalem. And these 10 lepers they were wearing special cloaks. They were shouting out unclean because at the time it was a law. They had to declare that they were unclean for anyone approaching. And as Jesus was coming, the reason why he was there is because he wanted to join all of the people going into Jerusalem for the celebration. And so we can see very clearly that there are many people on this road. And here this group of 10 lepers is right around that place They no doubt shouted to other people, unclean, unclean, stay away from us. We're lepers. Surely other people saw them. Other people had to notice. But something was different. Because Jesus saw them. When we look at Luke chapter 17 verse 14 it says he looked at them for words he looked at them Other people did that well, Why why did Luke include this in the text I believe it's because Jesus didn't view them as an obstacle to try to get around. Jesus didn't see them as a problem to try to overcome. Jesus didn't see them as just some people on the side of the street to avoid. When he looked at them, he saw them. I'm so thankful and grateful that you and I serve a God that And he didn't just look at us. He sees us. He he sees us for who we are. He sees us in, in all of our problems, in all of our sin, in all of our leprosy. He sees us in that moment when nobody else would be willing to touch us, when nobody else would be willing to help us. And he sees us right there. Perhaps you're here today. And you're dealing with stuff in your life. You're dealing with those things that are so hidden, so, so pushed down. You put a smile on your face, but nobody else knows the real pain. Nobody else knows the real pressure, the real stress, the real anxiety, the real fear in your life. Only you do and it. It's so bottled up. I want you to know that Jesus sees you. He sees you right where you are. And he's not willing to just walk around. It's not too great for him to really reach in and care for what is going on in your life. But I need somebody to know this morning that Jesus is looking at you when no one else is. I've got news for you. Psalm chapter 34, verse 18 says, the Lord is what? Close, to the brokenhearted he rescues those whose spirits are crushed we serve a god this morning we serve a god this morning that is close to the brokenhearted when you and cr- when you and i cry out in our pain in our sin in our hurt we ask god to come it's too late Because he's already there. He's already there before you even cry out. He's he's there waiting on you. Because he sees you right where you are. He desires to reach out and, and speak to your life. To bring you healing from the hurt and the pain in your life. Perhaps it's not a hidden hurt and pain. Perhaps it's something that you've been shouting from the rooftops for a long time. It's something that you've been dealing with and you've been calling out. You've been looking for other people to help you. You've been writing. You've been, you've been calling on the phone. You've been reminding your doctor. You've been telling your kids. You've been going through all of this, rehearsing it over and over with everybody. And the truth of the matter is, is that nobody knows what to do for you. It's just too big. It's just too expensive. It falls out of your health insurance. It's just too messy. It's just too filled with emotion and nobody wants to touch it. But then there's Jesus (laughs) because he sees you. He sees you right where you are and desires to reach in and speak to the need in your life. You know what else I think that the leper would tell us this morning? I believe that the leper would say, it's easier to have faith when I'm sick than when I'm well. It's easier to have faith when I'm sick than when I'm well. So he looks at them, but when he says something, when Jesus says something to them, it's, it's actually pretty, pretty ri- ridiculous what Jesus said. Think about it. Verse 14, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. I think this is interesting because Jesus didn't say you are healed. He he didn't say you are healed. He said, go show yourself to the priests. See, at this time, you had to go to the priest and, and allow them to examine your body to see if the leprosy was actually gone or not. The priest in this case acted kind of like a, well, I don't know if there's, there's another word for it than health inspector. <laughs> kind of a doctor and an inspector, a health inspector in this moment. Because it was only when the priest examined you that you could be allowed to come back into community. And Jesus, he didn't say, you're healed. He said, go show yourself to the priest. It's kind of interesting the way that Jesus did that. But I want you to know and understand this morning that when when Jesus is moving in a situation, oftentimes you and I are challenged to step out on faith before we even see a miracle take place in our life. Many times in scripture, we see this formula for miracles that first a person cries out to God, then a person hears from God and God calls them to move. And upon their obedience, the miracle takes place. We see it in Moses in scripture as he's leading the Israelites out through the wilderness. They're being chased by Pharaoh. They come up against the Red Sea. And now what do we do? We're stuck between a rock and a hard place. We don't know what to do. There has to be a miracle from, from God because in any direction we go, it's all over. And God speaks to Moses to raise his staff, and Moses, by faith, raises his staff over the sea. And what happens? The waters begin to part. And some 40 years later, we see Joshua in the same situation. With the Israelites right there at the Red Sea. Wouldn't it be just easy to raise the staff and let the waters part? Because you already saw it once. But that's not what God chose to do, is it? He he spoke to Joshua and said, put your, put your foot in the water. Step into the water. Some of you are very scared for my safety right now. I can see that. Like, oh, don't do that. Step your foot into the water. I don't know how how far they they had to walk into the water to see the water move. I, I don't know if it was just kind of their toes or their ankles or knees. I, I, I don't know if it, it just kind of got r- right about here so they could still keep on breathing. But scripture is clear. They actually began to walk into the water. And as they as they were obedient in their faith, that's when the miracle took place. I I wonder if there's somebody here this morning that, that you have been dealing with stuff in your life. You've been calling out to God, asking him to move in your life, and he's been speaking back to you to step out in faith. Perhaps you've been crying out to God to heal your marriage. God just just bring back the love, bring back the relationship like it used to be. And God is speaking to you and saying, get in a, a legacy life group and allow people around you to pour love into your marriage again, to, to bring you back into community with other people and then you could find the healing that you're looking for. Or perhaps you're calling out to God asking him to, to heal your finances. And God is calling out to you to trust him with your tithe. Or or maybe today you are calling out to God, asking him to, to give you favor in your job. Lord, just help me have favor in my job. But God is speaking to you, asking you to be his witness for him while you're working. In each one of our lives, we're called to step out on faith so that we can see a miracle take place out of that faithful obedience that we have to God. I was just thinking about the percentage of lepers that stepped out in faith and obedience. Think about that. As they went they were all healed. It was 10 out of 10 people that stepped out in obedience and received a, a physical healing in that moment. That's some pretty good statistics right there. 10 people in that moment were healed. It was a beautiful, wonderful physical healing for each one of them. But, but only one came back with a thankful and grateful heart. See, I I think that there's probably a lot of people in this room that have experienced a miracle from God. If you've experienced a miracle from God, would you just wave your hand in the air like you just don't care? Wow. Almost everybody in here has experienced God doing something in their life. You see, it's not rare to experience a miracle of God in your life. Apparently what's rare is to come back and thank him. Apparently, what's rare is to live your life with thanksgiving and praise and gratitude unto a God that cares for our needs. You and I, that's our challenge. Many are healed, but few live a, a, a genuine life of gratitude and thankfulness. I wonder if there's somebody here that's willing to stand up and say, I want to live a life of thank, thanksgiving and gratitude. See, I think, I think that, that each one of us is called to be that person with a a thankful heart. Finally, I think that the the last thing that our leper would say to us today is the real prize is the healer and not the healing. The real prize is the healer and not the healing. The real prize is the blesser and not the blessing. It's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The master is the real prize of our lives. Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 15. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. Praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus's feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where's the other Nine. Has no one returned to to give glory to God except for the foreigner? Parenthetically, I want to insert something. For those of you that never that that think that Jesus never claimed to be God, I I want to point out what's missing in scripture right here. Is that this leper knelt before Jesus and said, Praise God! And as a rabbi, if Jesus wasn't God, he should have rebuked that man right there and said, stand up, you are blaspheming, me, uh, blaspheming God. I'm not God, give your glory to God. Amen. But Jesus never rebuked that leper. And he received the praise and he wondered where the other praise was. Jesus is God and that leper even though he was a Samaritan even though he was raised in a different culture even though he didn't have the the typical training like the like the Jews did the Jewish boys in scripture did this leper something inside of him must have clicked there must have been some kind of revelation or clarity because all of a sudden he realized he realized some kind of truth that Jesus must have been God. He he must have thought about perhaps this passage of scripture in Psalm chapter 107, verse 20. He says, he sent out his word and healed, healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Because whenever that happened to that leper, he ran back to Jesus, knelt down before him and said, praise God. Praise, praise God. Look at my body. There's no way for it to happen on its own. It's, It's all God. Praise, praise God. You see, CLC, that's the only appropriate response that you and I have. Whenever God comes down in power and in might and touches our lives, the only appropriate response is for us to cry out, praise God. Allow our hearts to be filled with gratitude for what the King of Kings, the Lord is, of Lords has done in our life, in our hearts. I think that the leper would, would tell you this morning, perhaps you look around and you say, I, you know, some people, whenever worship gets going and they start, you know, lifting their hands, and they start kind of swaying around to the music or clapping. Maybe they, they come down to the altar and they start ugly crying. And it starts making you feel uncomfortable. And you think to yourself, I knew I should have gone to a liturgical church. Because they don't do emotions there. But I got news for you, Christ's legacy. When God is really at work, when God's hand is really touching a heart in life, there's genuine emotion. There's genuine thanksgiving that breaks out. And I think that this leper would tell you this morning that if God touched your heart like he touched his heart, then you would thank God like he thanked God. I wonder if there's somebody this morning that has had God come and and touch him and touch you in such a powerful way. what I, I, we have all been in that situation before, where perhaps in our lives we have experienced victory in varying degrees, but one thing is for sure, in our life we have all experienced real and genuine pain, pain that hurts so badly, pain that rocks our lives, and all we know how to do is cry out for somebody somewhere to come and touch us. And in Luke chapter 17, verse 19, Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. See, when Jesus told them to present themselves to the priest to see that they've been cleansed, Jesus used a word there, cleansed, meaning healed physically each one of those 10 men experienced a physical healing in that moment but when but when the, the the one leper came back to Jesus and knelt before him and praised him Jesus used a different word that meant healing he said your faith has made you whole your faith has healed you if you're reading in Greek, you'd realize that he didn't just get healed twice for the same thing. See, 10 people got a physical healing, but one person, one person got clean from the inside out. There's some people in here that you would be very content if God reached down into your situation and your circumstance and provided a miracle in your life miracle in your finances, and your relationships, and your job, with your family, with your friends. And you'd be thankful and grateful. Don't get me wrong. But I want to know what the real miracle was. What's the real miracle here? That Jesus was able to heal leprosy, Or was it that he could speak to a hardened life and forgive them of all sin and cleanse them from all unrighteousness from the inside out, so that when that leper stood up, he was clean for the first time. I wanna know if there's somebody that's ever felt clean from the inside out from the first, for the first time. Friends, You may be calling out for Jesus to come and do a miracle in your life, but perhaps you're here today and you need him to do more than just touch something on the outside. Maybe you need Jesus to touch something on the inside. Would you stand with me all over this place? If Jesus has ever done anything in your life, I think that Our attitude should be gratitude. I believe that our hearts should fill with praise and thanksgiving for what he has done. Today, I kinda wanna do things a little bit backwards. Would you be willing right now to enter into a time of worship? Would you be willing right now to lift your hands and lift your voices and cry out to God and say thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing Thank you. And whenever you begin to say thank you, perhaps something will break loose. Perhaps you too will receive a forgiveness and a healing in your life that you just can't let go of. Let's begin to worship Him this morning. Maybe here this morning, and we've been worshiping, we've been praising God, your hearts are filled with gratitude, but maybe there's somebody in this place this morning, And you still don't know that God. You don't know Jesus. And you long for for that feeling. You long to be thankful and grateful for that feeling inside that you're clean from the inside out but you haven't encountered it, you don't have it, if that's you, I just want you to know that these prayer partners are down here this morning, they'll remain down here this morning, and if at any point in time, right now, you wanna come and you wanna meet Jesus, they're gonna be able to lead you into a relationship with Christ Jesus. He can cleanse you from the inside out. He can change your life if you just give your life over to him. Anybody believe that, say amen. 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 You know, as a church, I read this passage of scripture, I I, want to make one more observation. See, when Jesus saw them, he saw them. And he didn't go out of his way. He didn't walk the other way. He didn't ignore them. And if that's what our Jesus did, That's what he expects each and every one of us to do. When we look around in our community and our families and our friends, our loved ones, our co-workers, or just people that we come in contact with. When we see them, let's see them and let's share the love of christ with them let's invite them to church let's bring them into our community so that once they were far off and now they are found in jesus name amen Amen. Father, I pray, God, that as you move in this place and you restore our hearts and lives, and Lord, our hearts are filled with gratitude for what you've done. Lord, I pray that we would be a church that would continue, Lord, to find you, to give out hope and to do life together as our hearts are filled with thankfulness. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Be blessed this morning.